Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Last week, we talked about struggling with our guilt after child loss, and this week, we're going to continue addressing guilt, specifically talking about some of the reasons we have a hard time releasing ourselves from the guilt we carry after the death of our child. Now, when our child died, it was obviously not by our choice. Going through the darkness of grief is not our choice. The pain that can't be described is not our choice. The way our brain is scrambled for so long and we can't think straight is not our choice. Now, I could go on and on, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, there are no shortcuts to getting off the path of this nightmarish journey we have found ourselves thrown onto. But I don't want to talk about things we can't control and the choices we cannot make. It's about the choices we can make. And at the beginning, grief takes over everything. But as the weeks and the months and the years go by, we find ourselves able to make some small choices. Maybe we choose to cook a small meal instead of having fast food again or a bowl of cereal or pizza. We may choose to try to go out for coffee with a friend in public, right? Maybe we choose to pick up our Bible and try to read it, and sometimes we put it right back down. Now, I want to help you move forward when you do get to that point of being able to start making some choices. Some of those can be major, such as choosing to stay mad at God and blaming Him and refusing to allow Him to ease the pain in your heart that keeps you an angry, bitter person. If that's where you are, I just want you to know you are not the only one. You may be someone who's holding on to guilt by choice. There are a few reasons we may choose to refuse to release ourselves, determined to carry that guilt to our own grave. Now, the first reason is, I think, pretty simple. It's how we're punishing ourselves because we think we deserve it. I understand the pain of not having our child with us. I understand wondering who they would be, who they would have married, what their career would be, how many children they would have, all of those things. But we need to realize and even accept the fact that heaven is so much better than anything we can experience here. Because this here on earth, the life we live here, is just a shadow of what is to come. Anything that's good here can't even be compared to the good of where we're going. And I'm pretty sure that our child, your child, my daughter, is not sitting in God's presence of just pure glory, perfection, being like blasted constantly with a love that's beyond anything we can comprehend here on earth. I'm pretty sure they're not experiencing that, but in the meantime, they're just pouting and putting up a fit because they would rather be on earth. 
I believe our children know that we will be joining them and eternity forever is a really long time. And so for them, they have crossed over. They are on that side of eternity. And so for them, the time that we're separated is like a a nanosecond. I've heard, you know, thinking about forever and eternity, our lifespan here is like one grain of sand on all the oceans, all the beaches. (laughs) it's, It's nothing compared to eternity. So why... Do we insist on hanging on to our guilt as though our children are in a horrible place? Yes, I know. We want them to experience the good things here on earth, the things maybe they missed out on. But this earth also comes with the bad, the ugly, the horrible, traumatic things. You don't have one without the other here on earth. We get both. We live through it all. But I can pretty much guarantee that our children don't care about what we feel like they missed out on by being there instead of here. I don't think they feel like they are missing out on anything. No one should be punishing themselves by hanging on to guilt, blaming themselves for their child's departure from this world to go live in a place of pure perfection. Now, basically... From a different perspective, what if you think about it, what we're saying is that we, the parents, we deserve to go there first, and our children should be the ones left behind here dealing with all the messed up things in this world while we're enjoying ourselves in heaven. All of us want the best for our kids, right? So why are we so set on thinking that the best is here on earth? Now, I understand when people say that our kids are in a better place, we bristle. I, I hate it when people tell us that. And our thought is, no, uh-uh, their, their place is here with me. Now, I'm not saying that if we want the best for our kids, then we should just want them all dead if heaven is better than here. What I am saying is since they are not here, why would we begrudge them? with being in such an incredible place. We're definitely thinking about more about what we're missing out on with them not being here to experience the good things this world has. We we want to watch them experience those things, right? We want to be a part of the things that they did not experience here that we've gotten to experience. And we're not thinking about the horrible, traumatic, and terrible things that are here that they're missing out on. Now, here's another reason why I think sometimes we hang on to our guilt. And it's that we're afraid that we will forget our children if we don't continue hanging on to that guilt and we continue to blaming ourselves for their death. I want you to think about something. When we're raising our children, it is normal that we do not think of them every minute, every second of every day. There are lots of times throughout our day that our children, while they're here on earth and living out their lives, they are not continuously on our minds. Now, depending on the season of life and the ages of our children, we can go for several hours without thinking about our children. For instance, during work, if you were thinking of your child every minute of every day while you were at work, you would probably get fired because you would not be doing your job very well. How about when you're out with your friends 
You don't think about, I'm talking about our children who are alive or who, or when they were here alive while we're out with our friends. We don't think of our children every second, every minute while we're out with them because if we did, our friends would want to stop spending time with us. I And I think about that the opposite way. If I had a friend, I was out with them, and they did not stop thinking about their child. All they wanted to do, now I, I'm talking about, remember, our children that are here alive or when they were alive, we do not think of them every second, every moment of every day, like going out with their friends. How about watching a movie? watching a movie with our spouse, spending time with our spouse. And there are definitely other times when our kids are not on our mind when we're with our spouse, right? Practicing something that we want to get better at. We're not thinking about our children then because we wouldn't be able to practice. We're concentrating on what we're doing. How about watching a sporting event? We're really into that sporting event. We're cheering for our team. We're not thinking about our child. All of that changed, didn't it? when our child died. It's like our minds won't let go. And the negative results of the things that I just mentioned can become a reality, including things like losing friends. And I know some of you have even lost your jobs because you just can't function. Now, why am I bringing this up? So that you know it won't always be like this if you make the choice. Because eventually, your mind will begin to think of other things occasionally. I know there are parents that say, I think of my child every minute of every day. And as you go along in life, I kind of find that hard to believe <laughs> because we don't think of our children every moment of every day when they were here and alive. And it's really not healthy for us to continue to do that when they're not here with us. Now, yes, the sadness remains and it remains longer than you know constantly thinking about them but our thoughts will begin to shift to other things once in a while and that's okay that is healthy it's okay to have several hours at a time when you don't think about him or her and when that happens you don't have to feel guilty about it if you did not have your child on your mind every waking moment when he or she was here, why do we feel like we're betraying our child by not thinking about them every minute now that they're no longer here on earth? The answer is, you're not. When your mind begins to release you from thinking of your child every waking minute, that does not mean you are forgetting your son or your daughter because that is absolutely impossible. It just means you are moving out of that place of suffocating darkness and you're moving toward hope and light again in your life. It means that you are forgiving yourself for something that no one else is blaming you for. And if they are, then they're the ones in the wrong, not you. You do not have to hang on to that guilt and you do not have to feel like you should be thinking about them every minute of every day or you're going to forget about them, and you know that brings guilt as well. When we're deeply in love with someone, we don't think about them every second, every minute of every day. We may feel warm fuzzies, we may smile a lot, we may have a spring in our step and a sparkle in our eye, but that is how our soul is reacting to the person we love and want to be with. 
Should the person who is causing us to feel that way be jealous of the fact that they are not in every single thought we think? Of course not. I hope you're not with someone like that. When we are in deep grief, our soul reacts to the child we love and want to be with. We cry. We feel numb. We can barely function. As day-to-day life begins to reform around us, We will have moments that we do not consciously think about our child. Now, there may be that undercurrent, well, I'll say there will be for a long time, that undercurrent of sadness. But even though your mind and your thoughts are not directly on your child, and when that happens, it does not mean that you are okay with the fact that your child is no longer here and you've put it all behind you. It does not mean that you have forgotten him or her any more than someone who is in love has forgotten that person when they don't consciously think about them every minute of every day. Let's look at the trap of self-pity. Our grief can easily turn into self-pity. Self-pity is being self-centered. We know this, but often we just don't care. However, self-pity is a major trap and one of the enemy's favorite tools to keep us in our dark place of pain, unable to find our way out. One form of self-pity is that we will not allow God to minister to us because we feel like we don't deserve it. Here's that guilt again. We are so busy blaming ourselves for what happened, we pass judgment on ourselves pushing God away as our source of comfort and our way out of the darkness. I want you to think about the fact that salvation is a gift. Grace is a gift. Mercy is a gift. Blessings from him are a gift. Our children are a gift from him. And so is the comfort and the help and the strength he wants to give us now that our children are with him instead of here with us. It's one thing to feel sorry for yourself, but it takes it to another level when we try to get other people to feel sorry for us. If you have given into this mentality, Sooner or later, people are going to get tired of you wanting their sympathy, always playing what people call the victim card. We can make a great show of suffering in order to arouse the people around us to give us their sympathy and to feel sorry for us. Now, yes, we are a victim of the enemy and what he brings to this earth and the death that he has brought, but that does not mean that we have to have a victim mentality. There is a big difference between you should feel sorry for me because my child died and I am still deeply missing my child. And if you're thinking people should feel sorry for me, then you may need to honestly consider if you are one who has moved from legitimate grief into that place of self-pity. If people are not giving you what you want in this area, don't get angry with them. 
Go to God to get what you want and need because he will sit with you. He will hurt with you. He will encourage you in ways you don't expect. He will sustain you. He'll be your rock. He'll be your anchor and your strong tower of protection from the attacks of the enemy while you are so vulnerable. And I'm talking about our souls. Here's something that may be hard to receive. We have a good reason, but that does not mean that we have a right to stay in the place of self-pity. I'm going to say that again. We have a good reason to, but that does not mean we have a right to stay in the place of self-pity. And the reason is because God sent Jesus to pay the price, not just for our sins, but to set us free from all shame and all guilt, all guilt, and every reason we could possibly have to remain feeling sorry for ourselves. You don't need others to feel sorry for you. You need to hand it all over to God so he can help you get out of the darkness and back into the light learning how to live a life of meaning and purpose in a way that will honor your child's life instead of being stuck in the moment of his or her death, which I feel like is kind of dishonoring to our child. If that's what we're trying to get everybody to remember is that my child died instead of remembering that my child lived and had life. Now here is a key that may help you unlock some of these choices that you want or need to make. Instead of choosing to be against something, choose to be for something. For instance, you can either choose to be against facing another week because you can't bear being away from your child for longer than you already have, or you can be for going through this next week because it gets you that much closer to being reunited with your child. Do you see what I'm saying? We can either dread this week. I can't go through another week. I just can't do it because I get further and further away from my child. Or I can try to stir up some excitement and say, you know what? If I get through this next week, it means I'm going to be one week closer to seeing my child again. So let's go for it, right? You can choose to be against spending time with a friend because you feel guilty for doing something that might be enjoyable when your child can't have any fun with his or her earthly friends anymore. I mean, we feel guilty about stuff like that. We forget about all the people they're with now, right? All the friends they're with, family they're with, people in the Bible that we only read about that they are now with and enjoying and having fun with. We forget about that. So we can choose to be against spending time with a friend because our child isn't here to spend time with their friends, or you could choose to be for spending time with your friend for a few reasons. Maybe you'll get a chance to talk about your son and daughter with someone who will listen. We love that, right? Maybe having an enjoyable evening might be like a needed medicine to your soul, and it's just going to lift you up in a way that you need. Maybe... You can picture your child watching you enjoy yourself and seeing you smile and maybe even having a laugh here or there, realizing that it would make your child happy instead of seeing you so horribly angry and miserable and feeling like their death was the cause of that. 
And to me, that sounds and feels so much better to be for something instead of against something. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I am now giving you the choice between life and death. He's talking about our souls between God's blessing and God's curse. And I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Choose life. Jesus is truly the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he is the end. In other words, he has the final word on everything. And that final word is life. Life forever. That final word is life together forever. Fear brings torment and God does not give anyone fear. That comes from the enemy of our souls. As those who have faced what we consider the unnatural, out-of-order death of our child, we're huge targets for the enemy's fiery darts of fear. God throws out the fearful torment of the enemy, and he replaces it with peace if we run into his arms and trust in his incredibly deep love for us. You may not realize it, but through our grief, God is working in us the gift of compassion that will flow out of us so we are able to walk with others who are hurting, coming up behind us. But when we invert that gift and we turn it into self-pity, we pervert that gift to the point of it even being idolatry because everything becomes about us, the pain I'm in, what I'm going through, instead of taking that pain and allowing God to flow through us to walk with someone else in their pain. Grace is a word that is so full of meaning that it's hard to put just one definition to it. I know that most of us in the Christian world have heard the definition of grace as God's undeserved favor, but it is so much more than that because the Bible talks about how Jesus grew in grace and in favor. Well, how did Jesus grow in undeserved favor, right? So grace has to be more than just that. Now, I heard a great definition recently that said grace is accepting the unacceptable. When we cannot help ourselves, God does something amazing. God gives us the ability and he anoints us to help someone else, even in our pain and in our suffering and in our place of darkness. But when all we think about is, what about me? We cannot receive God's gift of grace to help others. And in allowing God to flow through us to help someone else, we throw the door wide open for our own needed breakthrough. And the choice is yours. I hope and pray that you choose grace instead of self-pity and that you allow the price Jesus paid for your guilt to be applied so that you stop carrying that heavy burden that is not yours to carry. I want to read a couple scriptures, and then I want to pray over you. So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us 
in our time of weakness. That's Hebrews 4.16. And Psalm 86 verse 5 says, Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Father, I just come to you on behalf of everyone listening and even myself as well, that, Lord, you would help us to release the burden of guilt. Jesus, we acknowledge that you paid a high price. You paid with your very life. Your blood was shed, not just for our sins, but to release us from all shame and all guilt, and we have no right to carry that guilt when you paid such a high price for it. Lord, right now, help us to give that guilt to you, whether it's because we're afraid if we don't feel guilty, we're going to forget our child, whether it's we feel like we have to punish ourselves because for some reason it was our fault that our child is now in heaven in perfection and glory with you instead of here on earth with us or whether our grief has turned into self-pity. Lord, help us. We just give this mess to you. We give our pain and our darkness to you. And we say, come, Holy Spirit. Help us. Release us from the guilt. Help us out of this darkness. Give us peace. Give us strength. And everything we need to walk out this time here on earth with strength and being able to have compassion and helping others who find themselves in a difficult place. And I pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Did you know that you can keep yourself warm this fall with a sweatshirt, a sweat jacket, or a long sleeve t-shirt while reminding yourself that there is hope, H-O-P-E, we have several styles and colors to choose from, and your purchase helps GPS Hope continue to do things like provide this podcast, the weekly Word of Hope emails, and other resources. So just go to gpshope.org and click on the store tab and look at the different shirts that we have and consider ordering one for yourself and for maybe some other family members or other parents you know who have lost a child. If you don't know about the weekly word of hope that I just mentioned, each week I send out a, a word of encouragement. Uh, it also includes a reminder of one of our resources you may not know about, and it lets you know what the podcast topic is for the week. If you want to start receiving it, just go to gpshope.org hope. All we need is your name and your email address. Your privacy is protected. We don't spam you, and there is a link to unsubscribe whenever you no longer want to receive it. Let me also say that if this podcast has been a help to you, would you please consider helping us continue being here for you and other perivers with a tax-free donation? Every dollar helps as it all adds up when several of you give. Or you can become a friend of GPS Hope and sign up to give monthly. Just go to gpshope.org slash support to be a grieving parent sharing hope with others with a financial gift. Now, I will have a link to all of these in the show notes. Let's go ahead with this week's birthday segment. 
Matthew Anthony Sulakowski was born on October 22nd and is forever 37. Dustin Clements was born on October 26th and is forever 21. Miles Wolford was born on October 27th and is forever three weeks old. We celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. We know it will always be a special and an important day in the lives of these families. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to be able to do that. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out the form there with the information we need. Submit it and we will add your child to the birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. This is something that Dave wrote at one time that I want to end with. He said, I believe all of us deal with guilt of not being able to help our child that passed. And for some, the circumstances surrounding our child's passing can add even more shame and guilt and the feeling of failure. But I also know without a doubt that you did everything you could with the information you had at the time. Guilt and shame are the weapons of the enemy of our soul. He wants to bring more death out of our child's death. We are all extremely vulnerable during this time, and he knows it. So one thing that helps me is to remind him, the devil, and myself that Jesus took all my shame and guilt upon him. I will not pick it back up. It is not mine to bear. It is on his shoulders now. I am so thankful for that. Of course, it doesn't mean it's not still a battle at times, but I continue to remind myself of that. I also remind myself of the amazing fact that in terms of eternity, we will see our kids again sooner than we think. And I will just add to that myself here, that you can choose to let go of guilt no matter how long you have been carrying it. I give you permission to lay it down. And as you do, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.